If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. Uh, I, I know how difficult it can be to go through your days without purpose. And I know what a great joy it is to find your purpose and to live it. At Bravehearts Radio, we're at our best when we're helping others to find that genuine voice within themselves. Today, we're going to be talking uh, about the relationship flywheel with uh, Pablo Gonzalez. Um, Pablo is a guy I've, I've met uh, recently. I've just uh, been looking forward to this, uh, this um, episode of Bravehearts Radio for a long time now. Hey, welcome to the show, Pablo. Thanks, Brian. You know, when you talk about finding your voice and, and listening to your voice, I wish that my voice sounded like yours voice. It's a beautiful voice, my friend. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no. um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm connecting with people about doing voice, week, voice work too. All I have to do is make sure I pronounce things correctly, you know, hey. voice week, voice work. Um, uh, you know, if you want to connect with uh, Pablo, and, and it, which is a great idea, by the way, uh, connect with Pablo.com. Um, how simple does it get? That's um, that's your that's your uh, website. But then uh, your your email is you should at connectwithpablo.com. Um, brilliant. Thank you, man. Listen, I, I have when you have a name like Pablo Gonzalez. I know in the in the U.S. that sounds unique, but I really have like the John Smith of Latin America oh, and yeah. all Spanish speaking countries. And Spanish speaking countries tend to have more children that name themselves after their father. So there, there's a lot of Pablo Gonzalez's. I had to make it easy to find me, man. Yeah, so can yeah, I with Pablo? Yeah. yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So um, and uh, you you uh, um. You have the uh, connectwithpablo.com, the Chief Executive Connector podcast. That's my baby. Um, and uh, it's, you know, I've seen, seen that uh, up on LinkedIn uh, many times. Uh, I, I love the way you, you present things. Thanks, man. Thanks. Listen, I, for me, it's about making it frictionless to connect with me or to okay. connect, right? Like I, my, my, my life has been very marked by the idea that I'm the most American person in my family. My first formative memory was walking into preschool and being the one kid that didn't speak English. Wow. And, you know, these very early thoughts of how do I find belonging and how do I then make sure that everybody around me doesn't feel that feeling as well. Right. So yeah. I've just always kind of been obsessed with what is the quickest route to relationship building in whatever context I'm in. And whether it is, walking into a room, a networking room and trying to, you know, immediately start introducing the one person that feels that they're by themselves to four other people or being on LinkedIn, making podcasts, sharing the micro content, tagging people on it so that everybody in my network gets to see who I'm talking to. That's just kind of what, what I'm passionate about, man. That's, that's my voice, right? My yeah. voice is how can I, how can I facilitate relationships at scale? You know, and, and I, I love making the connections too. And I, I've, I've gotten involved with some people that are, you know, I, I've always considered myself uh, really a, 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 a genuine connector, uh, what Malcolm Gladwell calls a natural connector, I think. And I, I thought, wow, that, I love, I love that, uh, that description when I read that for the first time. And I've, I have uh, begun to work with some people that are just absolutely um you know, towering achievers in the, in the area of connecting. Um, one of them is Frank Agan. And I, I think Frank is how we got connected. So I uh, got to send some love out to Frank and, uh, and, and say, you know, thanks for putting me together with, uh, with Pablo. And, and it was, um, it was a, an event that uh, a networking event that, that Frank had earlier in the year. Uh, and, and you had, uh, you had made a, a, a statement uh, uh, and I think it was from well, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I, I caught that and I thought, I, I, I do need to connect with this guy. Yeah, man. You know, that, that quote, uh, the statement that you're talking about is Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote that is, in my walks, every man I meet is in some way my superior and in that I can learn from him. Right? Like, I first heard that quote reading Lewis Howes' Mask of Masculinity. And Lewis Howes' Mask of Masculinity 
is this book about all the different masks that men wear that don't allow them to, you know, grow or, 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 or surpass all these yeah. stories that you're supposed to tell yourself. And it's one of these books that my wife was telling me to read for about a year. Right? <laughs> and, and, and when I like perused it, right, like one, of, there's this like mask of the Joker in there that I thought was the reason why she wanted me to read it. Uh-huh. And because I'm, you know, I'm a joker, right? Like I've, I've, I've had this like Ace Ventura shtick since I'm like nine years old uh, that I, that I, that I carry very I well. I see that working. Yeah. 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 It works. It works. Okay. But you know, when it got to this mask of the know-it-all, right. Mm-hmm. And, and it started off with this quote and this idea that we don't allow ourselves to grow because we think we know so much. And what is it? What is it in other people around you that you can learn from? And how can you leverage that? Yeah. Man, that just, it was like a lightning strike straight to my heart. And it encapsulated all these learnings that I had been starting to tease out of my experience over the last 10 years and working with nonprofits and building these community groups and connecting with higher level people that were on the boards of nonprofits. And my brother passing away and 1200 people showing up to his funeral and my misunderstanding of how the world view my brother and based on my values and what I attribute and all these Mm -hmm. different things. Like it all, it all came together to really just open up my eyes and, and make me think, what am I missing out there, man? If if everybody, if Ralph Waldo Emerson can learn from everybody that he walks Mm -hmm. across, what am I missing, man? And, and, you know, from the moment that that quote hit my, hit my vernacular. I just, I haven't been able to get it out of my head. And it's, it's greatly, it greatly encapsulates who I am and what I'm about, man. So yeah. I'm, I'm anybody that resonates. It also attracts wonderful people, right? Cause if you <laughs> resonate with that quote, it yeah. means you're my friend. Yeah, there, there you go. And it's easy to be your friend, Pablo. You know, it, it really is, it, you know, um, you know, I've started using a term co-perceiving and uh, it's, it's, um, it's, I haven't really found it uh, in the, uh, in the common language at this point. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to claim that one. Um, but what, what I see as co-perceiving is when, when I hear you say um, uh, in my walks, I've, everyone I meet is someone I can learn from. It's like, okay, I've been talking about this idea I call uh, circular mentoring where everyone brings something to the table that everyone else can learn from. And uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's along the same idea. So I, I hadn't heard the Emerson quote. So when I heard that, I thought, oh my God, this guy, he gets it. You know, <laughs> he's throwing out Emerson, you know, that, uh, that, and, and he's, he's like, uh, that's, he's, that's exactly right. And, and don't we, don't we love it when someone says something that we already believe? Yeah, man. Listen, I, I think that what you're talking about is a, um, it's something that I think about deeply. And it's this idea that we don't, we don't connect with people because we feel like we understand them. We don't do business with people because we think we understand them. We do business with and connect with people because we feel that they understand us. And if you can define a problem in a way that is the way that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. I immediately feel like you understand me. Yeah. So, as I, when I speak and I'm trying to form relationships, I think about that a lot. I think yeah. about not what I'm trying to say, but I, I don't try to start a conversation with you. I'm trying to catch up to the conversation happening in your head. And if I can phrase something correctly in a way that is, what, what was the word you said? Co, co-create? No, what was it? Co, co-perceiving. Yes, that's beautiful, man. If, if, you can, if you can phrase a statement in a way that instead of trying to get somebody to understand you, trying to get somebody to get what you're trying to say, but allow someone to co-perceive it, yeah. then you have a much higher likelihood that that person is going to connect with the message yeah. that you were trying to give them. They're more likely to receive it. So I think it's great how you put that, man. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned a couple things about where, how you got where you are. You know, one, one was, uh, I know your, uh, the loss of your brother was, uh, was, a, was a, uh, a, a huge thing for you. Um, and um, you, you, do you want to mention anything about that and, and how that uh, yeah, man. Uh, reset things for you? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me share about that. Listen, I, my brother's eight and a half years older than me. He passed away about seven years ago uh, due to pancreatic cancer after a two-year battle. 
And when you're the youngest in a family and you have a brother that's eight years older than you, it, it provides a unique perspective of someone that is really relatable, yet far enough from you that you can, that you can have some perspective on what they're doing. And I think within a family, and, and often this happens, right? The people that we're closest to, we judge the harshest. So my brother was almost like an anti-North star for me for the majority of my life. It was like, well, he did this, that didn't work out, so I'm not going to do that. He did that, that didn't work out, I'm not going to do that. And while I always gave him credit for being a giant influence on my life, I never really gave him credit for the positive influences in my life. Mm -hmm. And when he passed away and 1,200 people showed up to his funeral, it just, number one, it made very clear to me the value of community. Having all these people around us through the struggle and this moment made the hardest thing possible a little bit easier. And what's really stuck with me is that since that moment, for the last seven years, people have come out of the woodwork to tell me something about my brother. And they all, to a T, have said, your brother is a guy that when he was in a room, I knew that I would be comfortable. When he was in a room, people were coming together. He was always looking to bring people together. And that's something that I've always seen as my most attractive quality. And yet, while my brother was alive, I never saw it in him. I never gave him credit for this gift that he had, that it was so obvious to everybody else. And it's so valuable to me when I perceive it in someone and, and, yeah. and what I most like about myself. And I never gave him that credit. So my mind, once that dawned on me, that it was so clear that everybody sees him like this and I just saw him as this guy that I was trying not to be like, I, my brain immediately went to what else am I missing in other people? Yeah. What, what am I not seeing in my one quote unquote loser uncle that I've dismissed? What am I not seeing in this friend that I thought was a loser that I, that, 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 that I don't want around me, right? Like, how can I embrace mm -hmm. the, the thing that everybody else sees? What am I missing in somebody that was the best man of my wedding? Yeah. If I didn't see it in him, I'm definitely missing it in other people. And how can I, how can I tap into that? Yeah. Right? So, it's just one of the most profound lessons of my life that I now, you know, now, now instead of a anti-North Star, he's really become my North Star. Now I find myself wanting to be remembered like that. So it's, yeah. it's completely turned around. Sounds like it sounds like a, a real acceptance. And when you describe him as uh, the kind of guy that uh, everyone feels comfortable with, uh, I'm reminded that's, that's the classic definition of a gentleman, uh, someone who yes. makes everyone around them feel comfortable. Um, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's fun when you're having fun. We're going to break shortly. And um, I want to just uh, remind the listeners that you can sponsor um, Bravehearts Radio for as little as $280 a week. Um, we're doing 15-minute thought leader conversational interviews. Uh, and uh, you're not just promoting your business. You're not just um, making the lives of um, the people you serve better. You're helping the kids and the family at Brave Hearts for Kids, braveheartsforkids.org. Hey, stick with us. We will be back on the other side of 60 seconds after these very important messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're part of Brave Hearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist because I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure the mission gets accomplished. Um, and we are planning a couple of missions, a couple of trips uh, to um, Machu Picchu um, got, coming up in September and December. And you can check these out at the new uh, BraveheartsAdventures.org, uh, MachuPichu.BraveheartsAdventures.org. BraveheartsAdventures.org is uh, Vacations with Purpose. Uh, my guest today is uh, Pablo Gonzalez. Uh, and uh, we just have off to a great start in our conversation. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, last week, uh, Rosie Gonzalez was on the on the program. Rosie's been on My the cousin. show a couple of times. Yeah, is she? Is she? Yeah. <laughs> Rose, Rosie, Rosie Zelinskas. I'm sorry. Not oh. Gonzalez. Oh, Hello. Then, then we're not related. You know, I, I'm just having trouble with words today. Rosie Zelinskis was on the show. Pablo Gonzalez is on the show this week. Uh, Rosie uh, had a story about, um, you know, when she was uh, her first day of school um, because they had moved from Mexico City to the United States. And uh, she, uh, she said that all they had for lunch was macaroni and cheese and pizza and hot dogs. She said, who wants that garbage? You know, <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, it, it, the difference in the cultural thing. We also talked a little little bit about the um, uh, the cooking show, which is something that's coming up, um, the television programming that uh, that I'm going to be involved with. And uh, I've, I've long thought, you know, as, as divisive as things can be in our world, we do like to eat each other's food. And uh, Daniel said, I can cook at, uh, at Catalina in uh, in uh, peru at his uh, retreat and nice. we're gonna do something from there too so uh you're, you're joining us in uh in peru at some point aren't you pablo at some point soon my friend i'm hope i'm hoping in <laughs> under I, I hope the under is 12 months right yeah, like in the next go. year i hope to join you in peru now. Yeah, the, you know, there's still there's still some concern about international travel, I guess. But uh well travel in general you know have, have you done any any uh any serious traveling recently since the pandemic broke out, not, yeah. not much, man. I, my wife and I, we've we've gotten into birding in our in our oh. in our middle years here. And uh, for her birthday in October, we we decided there was there's this big like raptor migration that that goes mm-hmm. you know through uh, Pennsylvania area. There's this like mount like Hawk Mountain or something like that where all these like raptors come by. And we took a we took a weekend trip to that. That's really been the the only thing that we've done. And then my my family has a house in the mountains of North Carolina that we've been driving to a couple of times. But not a lot of not a lot of traveling, man. We've been we've been playing it pretty close to the vest. But yeah, yeah. you can you can get me to Peru, especially if you promise me a little arroz chaufa or some lomo saltado or you know I'm I'm into I'm into Peruvian cooking, man. Like let's and, go. You know I, I'm 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 thinking empanadas, and I asked Daniel. I said, "What's on the menu?" You know, because we're going to be there for a week. He said. He says, whatever's fresh that day. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, oh, so I, I, when I, I kind of, I, I, I get off on something. I go, there was a reason for going there. Uh, Rosie and I talked a little bit last week about, uh, about the pause. And we had both been to Daniel's, uh, Daniel Gutierrez's uh, uh, virtual retreat from, uh, uh, from uh, Peru. Uh, and, and one of the things that he said that really struck home for me was, um, if your schedule looks just like it did a year ago, you haven't learned a thing. And um, uh, Rosie and Rosie and I both had talked about how we're we're in in a in a in a state of pause. Uh, not that we're dropping everything, but you you had a you had a significant pause in a in a reset. Um, that I mean, it's 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 like totally life changing, right? I did. I did, man. I early 2019, I, I took what I call my purposeful pause. And listen, I had, I think my whole life, I've, I've been groomed a certain way, right? Like I come mm-hmm. from a Hispanic traditional family with, uh, you know, an affluent beginnings and, you know, affluent background. And there was one way to be. 
And I'd always been groomed to be this executive. And I kind of just took that at face value for the first 15 years of my career. I went into the construction industry out of college. I ascended through it for 15 years, started my own business, sold it, got, got acquired, kept, kept, kept in that, kept in that sandbox. And it became very clear to me right around like 37 and because of the learnings from my brother's passing and because of my involvement with nonprofits, I, 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 I was onto this thesis of community creation for business development. And I took a, I took a swing at it when I got the opportunity to become the VP of business development for a software startup up here in Jacksonville. And I knew that my worst case scenario was going to be, I get to figure out if my thesis is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And then I get to reinvent myself after a year. Right. And that's kind of worst case scenario came came out, right? Like not worst case scenario, because my thesis mm-hmm. proved true. Mm-hmm. I was able to add a ton of value to this company within a year, but Wonderful. there were other dynamics at play that made me want to leave after the year, which was, which was my minimum commitment. Mm-hmm. So as that was the end of 2018 and going into 2019, my wife looked at me and said, you know, you should probably take like a 90 day detox. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking your next opportunity, which as a guy that falls in love with everybody that he meets and connects with a lot of people mm-hmm. and can, can look at the positive of every opportunity thrown my way and spin it up into a home run and in my head, that is, that is a flaw I have, right? It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not really being deliberate about what my, my long-term trajectory is. So I, I accepted that challenge and I took this 90-day purposeful pause where I was just going to not commit to anything, but just commit to figuring out where I want to be in 10 years and reverse yeah. engineer that. Reverse engineer it, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I did that, I, I knew I was going to be anxious, right? Like mm-hmm. our Western culture is very action oriented, right? Like yeah. showing power means you're taking actions. But uh, if, you, if you learn a little bit about Eastern culture, and I don't know much about it, but I read this in Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference book, but mm-hmm. in Eastern culture, inaction is one of the greatest forms of power, greatest shows of power, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you have the ability to not act, that is a powerful act. So I, I, I took that to heart. But even within all that, I knew I was going to be really, really uh, anxious the whole time. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be doing something that allows me to feel good about my superpower, which is connecting with people. So I booked four conferences during these 90 days. And I just took it as an opportunity to walk into rooms, talk to people about what do you know? What, what can I learn from you? This is what I'm kind of working on. This is where I'm headed with my life. And, and just iterate through and after 90 days, I, I came away with this Excel sheet of 450 new names of people that I had met and people mm-hmm. that I had just kind of been like, hey, man, I'm thinking about, you know, talking about networking. And they're like, well, yeah, this, but what about that? I was like, so the next person, I'm like, oh, hey, man, I'm thinking about making content about it. What do you mean? You know, like, and just iterated through and through and through. And um, that's where I came out with this this mission of proving that community creation is the future of business development. And 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 it, it was a it was a period of, intense fear and vulnerability, but also mm-hmm. rapid growth, right? Yeah. Like just, just very rapid growth and in, in my, and, and evolution in my life. And, and really I, I'm looking back now and it's, it's been two years since that all happened. And, and I look at my like Facebook yeah, timeline yeah. Uh, and it's just, man, it, it, it's, I, I now look back at it very, very fondly to be able to have that luxury of just like really, really figure out what the end is in order to, mm-hmm. in order to, in order to chart a much better path. And uh, it's been wonderful, man. You know, it, it, it reminds me of uh, when you say reverse engineering, it reminds me of the, uh, the idea of, you know, when you, uh, when you play golf. And I don't play golf well, but I do play some golf. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the guys I know that do play golf well, they, they, they don't try to hit the ball as far as they can. That's usually my downfall. It's like, I think I, think I, I can make that. You know, it's like. <laughs> so long I, ball. Yeah, yeah, it was like, well, I think we can find that one, Brian. And uh, what um, what the what the good players will do is they'll figure out, well, where uh, where do I want to be to make that putt? Where do I want to be to chip up to make the putt? Where do I want to be to hit to so that I can make that easy chip shot? And where do I want to hit the ball off the tee so I can do that next thing? Uh, it's kind of the reverse engineering is that the result is – is uh, is something that you 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 start from the beat from the end yeah. and work backwards. Yeah, and that's kind of like the vision visioning idea that you're describing. Yeah, totally, man. And listen, I I I was fortunate enough that my wife is brilliant and she is intuitive and she gives me great advice and I listen to it, right? But like now now as I look at it, 
the the doesn't get much better than that, man. It's, it's awesome, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a lucky, lucky man. Um, she is very much my muse and my inspiration for a lot of things, including this. But as you as you read the business literature, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty clear that starting with the end in mind is the best move, right? Yeah, because yeah. you know, if if uh-huh. you don't know if you don't know what you're aiming for, it's going to mm-hmm. be real hard to hit it. If you don't yeah. know what your destination is, it's real hard to, to, to get there on the journey, right? And I think most yeah. people, what they do is they make this mistake that they're just like, well, this path looks good. Maybe that's going to take me somewhere good and I'm just going to check it out. Yeah. And you take a couple paths, something doesn't feel right and you don't, and then you course correct. And, you know, five years later in your life, you've just taken this like zigzag path that leads you to like one step next to where you started. Whereas yeah. if you know where you're trying to go, Right. Like I remember in those 90 days when I first started, I was before I really submitted to it. Right. Like before I really gave myself to that process, it was kind of like, well, what if I do this? Well, what if I do that? And there was this bevy of options and it it, it was like paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. But the moment that I was able to be like, okay, this is where I want to be. You know, in 10 years, I want to be known for showing this community creation for business development model. And that means that I need to get really good at scaling relationships and reducing friction around connection and how you're able to showcase people's value to each other. You know, as you started coming back and back and back, it got very clear what my next action would be. And whenever I was presented an option, which I'm presented many options all the Mm -hmm. time because I'm a connector, right? Um, I was very easy to be like, well, is this on that route or not? And then I could say no to stuff, which is the hardest thing right? So, you know, you may end up being a squiggly line, but as long as you have this end in mind, your trajectory will stay true. And that's yeah. really what's important when it starts compounding during a lot of time. Right? It's tough to say no to people or no to things, no to people when you love people the way you do. And, um, uh, you know, that you touched on uh, something that I recognize as relationship flywheel, which is the title of the show today. And I suppose it's probably about time we get back, get to that. When we come back from the, our, our next break, uh, I'm, I'm going to go straight to that. Okay. Remember to check out braveheartsforkids.org. Um, and, you know what, next, uh, next time we see, we'll have another Brave Hearts, uh, National Brave Hearts Day behind us. This Wednesday is National Brave Hearts Day, uh, the 28th every year. So stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 seconds after these very important messages. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google. Play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. We broadcast live on Voice America's flagship variety channel, and all the shows are available on demand 24-7 on your favorite podcast service. So coming into the third segment, I'd like to say something about the uh, National Day Calendar, nationaldaycalendar.com, one of the great supporters of the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. And uh, April 28th, this Wednesday, is National Brave Hearts Day. Uh, today is uh, it's also National Pretzel Day, which uh, I understand uh, from listening to the National uh, day calendar show this morning that uh, it's uh, the pretzel was uh, was invented by a monk hundreds of years ago to reward children for saying their prayers and the shape of the pretzel is to uh, signify the crossed arms of a child in prayer so um, yeah uh, uh, my guest today, Pablo Gonzalez, uh, just, uh, you know, he's got, uh, he's got all kinds of good stuff going. Pablo, you do, do a lot of work in the, uh, in, the ch- in the charitable area too, right? I, I, I do, Brian. Listen, I, everything that I am, the two things that I am executing on that have created full integrity for my life and business of everything that I'm doing were learned from, you know, that moment in my brother's passing, but it was all informed on the work that I did with nonprofits and charities in my late twenties, early thirties. Wow. I, I am I am just a really big believer that if it's bravearts.org or whatever local charity that you can get involved with in town, getting involved with nonprofits is the free life skills training arena that is available to everybody, right? Like I, I think it's, I think it's very a common thing for a young person or a, to, to, to be stuck in a job, to be in a job that they may like what they're doing or they may like the company that they're doing, but their boss hasn't really given them the opportunities that they need to grow. Mm-hmm. Getting involved in nonprofits allows you to enlist in those opportunities to grow, right? Like yeah. putting together being part of a gala committee and being able to put together an event or joining a volunteer committee that puts together a habitat build or the, uh, you, you know, creating a young professionals group around whatever you're doing allows you to develop the soft skills that we all need in business, right? Like the networking, mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence, public speaking, how to ask for stuff. And at the end of the day, yeah. what, you're, what you're really going to learn is that the most influential people in your city are on the boards of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And being a young person or, or an old person, whatever, you know, whatever age you are, mm-hmm. getting involved in nonprofits is a direct access to those people. Because mm-hmm. once you are showing up to the gala as a volunteer taking tickets or helping plan the, plan the event or as an attendee, you're now in the room with those people. Yeah. And proximity is power, man, right? Like getting, get it, get it, getting that direct line to, to the people that – the guy that owns the biggest car dealership or the superintendent of schools or whatever other business – you know, influential person, the mayor in your town. That's yep. what happened for me, right? Like, like being yeah. be, being a part of these groups gave me access to all that stuff. Gave me the reps that I needed on how do I form relationships with the best types of people. Made me realize that the most influential people are the people that give, the people that serve others. And that was a huge paradigm shift for me in my life, right? Like, yeah. I, I I grew up just being the funny guy and trying to be trying to soak up all the attention in the room. And in my early 30s, I realized that that had a shelf life. And in order to take the next step up in my, in my career and in my life, I had to be of service to others. But I learned that by watching, right? Yeah. Like I learned that by seeing the people that have achieved these milestones and how they got to where they are. And I just don't think that there is another arena like the nonprofits that offers this as a, hey, man, you're ready to lead? Step right up. They yeah. can always use some help. You can always get a shot at a leadership position. And what ends up happening is you start building this network of people that can give you the best kind of referral. Mm Because it's not the, hey, this is my neighbor from down the street. Or, hey, I grew up with this guy playing baseball. It's, listen, I went out and I fundraised on a street corner with this person on a Saturday when we didn't have to be there. 
and he showed up and he was there for four hours and he was super friendly and he's dutiful and he shows up and he, and, and, and he followed up with the things that he needed to do and he made life easy on me. That type of referral for a client, for a job, for whatever opportunity you're going to get is the best kind of referral and it is there to be had in the world of nonprofits, man. So, I, I love what you're doing with Bravehearts because just, just being a part of this ecosystem yeah. adds life to you, adds life to to anybody involved. It adds life to the people that Braveheart serve. And I, I just think it's an underappreciated opportunity, man, that, that is there for the taking. It really is. You know, and, and this, the, I, the title mission specialist that, I, that I've grabbed, uh, it, it started out because of the, the uh, connection with, uh, with NASA and the founders of Bravehearts for Kids. Um, I realized that I've been doing that my whole life. You know, I've been my whole professional career. I've been helping organizations figure out what their mission is, what their you know what their um, uh, what their vision is, um, what uh, and helping individuals do that too. And there's there's this uh, this uh, uh, season's uh, show. The theme is um, purpose and the social enterprise. And I really believe that every truly successful business in the third millennium will be some kind of social enterprise. Yeah. And you want to just jump in on that? Oh, I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, I, I think <laughs> I, I care deeply about this, man. I think the internet is the light. Mm-hmm. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is the freedom of information mm-hmm. and the ability to know everything that you've said for the last 10 years and, and whatnot mm-hmm. makes it so that creeps can no longer win. Right. If, if, if you've, if you've been a jerk, listen, it's very different than whatever you had a tweet 10 years ago when you were a teenager or whatever, if you have that, we will normalize for how do we forgive people for just being young and stupid. Mm-hmm. But anybody, anybody that is a repetitive offender of a social norm that they should not be crossing is going to pay the price. Mm-hmm. And conversely, anybody who's a great person, a business that has won by providing good and providing value to their employees and to their community and to their clients more so than they need to, as we get more and more used to the internet and as the light continues to shine more and more, the best people are going to win. So, you know, what you're saying is an inevitable conclusion of what's going to end up happening. You know, we're going from this, for the history of man, we have one with power over. Somebody would get an advantage and mm-hmm. when they have that advantage, they hold it to themselves and they profit of it as long as they can. Now that information is free, that advantage exists for exactly 15 seconds. <laughs> you know, So, you're going to lose that advantage. So, now the mindset shift that's happening is that we need to figure out how to win by enabling the people around us, winning with power with. Yeah. So, as, as, as that becomes more and more normalized, yeah, every, every organization is going to have to stand for something. Every yeah. business is going to have to do more than just uh, be more and more efficient, race to the bottom. They're going to have to figure out how they fit, how their product, how their mission, how the way that they do business, how their core values, how they operate fits into something greater than just themselves. Yeah. And, you know, the, the first step is figure out what you care about and figure out what you can support that isn't just about your pockets. Yeah. Pair with the Well, that's you know that's the, the to me the uh, social enterprise is, is simply a business that exists for reasons above and beyond or reasons that transcend the quarterly report. And that? and that's something that you know the the people aren't sticking around for the gold watch anymore. Um, for for a generation I've been talking to chambers of commerce and business people about the idea that if you've got somebody that works there that that is passionate about something that isn't necessarily your business, let them be. Encourage them. That's just good for business. And, uh, you know, people, the, 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 the best business owners, uh, you know, the small business owners that I've made my career working with are people that say, you know what, the best thing I can do is develop people so that they, they're too big for here. They move on to something else. They become ambassadors for life. Nothing could be better for a business than to have somebody that becomes too big for you. 100%, man. I Listen, this, this goes 
right into, I'm sure we're going to get into the relationship flywheel thing that we teased on the last break on the next break. No, you know what? I think we're going to, we're just going to slide through and not have the, (laughs) not have this break. And then is that okay, Matt? We'll just, we'll just go through that. We'll just run through to the end. Cause we got to talk about relationship flywheel. Man, however you want it, we can, we can do it. All right. I guess we are going through the break, man, but it it really goes, no break. (laughs) This, this whole power over versus power with thing that Brene Brown speaks so eloquently about. That's who, that's who I've gotten this language from. To me, it can be really well summarized by the understanding that when you are playing the infinite game, when you, are, when you are here for lasting power, it is much more valuable for you to pursue being a kingmaker than to try to be king, right? Like if, you, if you're just trying to be the best at whatever you do, everybody else trying to be the best is going to compete with you. While if you try to be the one who makes everybody the best, people who want to rule will want to be in your favor. Like they, they will want to enlist in your service as opposed to compete with you for whatever dollar you're chasing, you know? So, so I just find it to be a much more sustainable strategy when you are thinking long-term. And if you're not thinking long-term, you know, I think that that's a strategic error to start with, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea of the social enterprise, as, as you describe it, I think it's an inevitable reality. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it started with Tom shoes, I guess, but it's, it's, it's only, it's, it's only accelerating, right? Like there is no, the, as, as we continue now, there is an investor notebooks and, and an investor land. Now there's this yeah. huge topic, ESG, right? Environmental, social government um, involvement, right? Like what yeah. the company does outside of its own walls, what it puts its money into and the way that it operates and how it impacts the ecosystem. And by the ecosystem, I mean, the, you know, the natural environment plus whatever else you touch, right? Like people's psychology and their health, all that stuff is now the, now that is a huge light on in, in, in investor relations in wall street and all these things that's happening. And it's only just beginning because mm-hmm. we're only just now getting used to the idea that we know everything about everybody. So guess what? It's you, you, you need to be a good person period or else you're going to lose. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, and, and, uh, another thing that I, I, I remember that, um, uh, you, you've, um, you've pointed out is the idea of, um, you, you don't have to be the star, yeah. um, be the stage. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah. That's, that's another derivative of the Kingmaker thing. And in, and in naming my company, be the stage, it was either Kingmaker or be the stage and Kingmaker just sounded a little bit, yeah. it, it wasn't up with the times, man. It's not, it's not, you know, gender applicable as much as possible. So it's a pawn that goes all the way. No, that's a queen maker. Um, yeah, it's no. a, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and queen maker can also be misconstrued as misogynistic, but yeah, yeah man, be, instead of trying to be the star of the stage, mm-hmm. be the stage itself. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to what you're talking about in developing talent, right? Like that, that was, there's a conversation I had. I think Gary V was the first guy that kind of like really mm-hmm. solidified that thought for me, but it's the idea that, if a couple of the people that work for you go on to start the biggest companies in the space, then every, you know, every young, talented, hungry person is going to want to work for you, yeah. you know? And, and, if, and if you lose a couple of your best ones because they've moved on to bigger, better things, guess what? There's the, the other 80 to 90% are the ones that wanted to get there and decided, you know what? No, you, you, you made it good enough for me not to put on that extra effort to wear that really, really heavy crown, right? Like I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather be here in your court and, and, and serve this purpose than to create my own purpose. It's just a really powerful thing to, to, to focus on the success of others versus your success because you're going to attract the best kind of people. And, and back to the nonprofit stuff, that's what I found in the nonprofit groups that I was a part of, right? Like it was just self-selecting for people that cared a little bit about something that wasn't just themselves. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you doing what you love to do? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so in that, in that 90 day purposeful pause, the second mm-hmm. conference that I went to, somebody said, I think it was Ryan Moran said something really, really astute that landed on me. And it was, if you're going to start a company and it's not based around you doing what you think you're awesome at, that you love doing as the main driver of the company, then you're better off going and getting a job. So I've just, you know, yeah. that, that made a lot of sense to me, man. <laughs> and I've, uh, and I've, and I've really stuck to that. Right. So as I, as I iterated through those 90 mm-hmm. days and I thought about, well, man, what I really love to do is connect with people, man. And at the end of the day, my superpower is that I see something wonderful in everybody I meet and I'm a great communicator. So I'm a great hype man. 
So how do I how do I put this thing on how do I put this thing at scale? Which was the birth of this relationship flywheel of of how how I can how I can add maximum value to everybody that I come across in the most frictionless manner that continues to feed itself. And 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 that's what I've built the business around. And so the flywheel is. Um that that's a uh, that's something that creates uh, that uh, uses energy to create even more energy if I, if i if i'm getting the idea right yeah flywheel so, it's it's like a snowball rolling down a hill man you know like I, I, at first it's real easy to stop but eventually it gets so much momentum in it that it's propelling itself as a flywheel okay. very cool yeah yeah um yeah, I ask if you're doing what you love. Um, you know, you're doing doing what you love, doing what you're great at. Uh, that's that's the uh, the intersection of uh, the Venn diagram that uh, we often hear. You know, do what you love, do what you're good at, do what the world needs. And uh, you know, for a generation, I, would, I was doing talks. I'd talk about Howard Thurman's quote where he said, "Don't ask what the world needs. Instead, ask what makes me come alive." Yes. Then go do that, and you know it was a, it was a, a a break I took uh, about almost a year ago, um, last May, and I I was thinking about that, and I thought that might be a good idea for me to follow too. Um, do you ever find yourself um, you know going oh yeah I should take my own advice? <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, a ton, right? Like I, it's very easy to give advice to other people. <laughs> And it's real hard to take your own advice for what, for whatever reason, you know? So, you know, it's like the, the, something you said earlier about um, uh, we're hardest on the people that that are closest to us. Um, I think for me, the the person I'm hardest on is me, you know? And, and I suppose that, that makes sense from what you said, because we, we probably should be closest to ourselves. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm a big believer. I think this is another thing Brene Brown says, but that voice inside your head is the least kind person that you allow around you. <laughs> right? like, you know, like, and, and I think it, listen, I, I think it makes perfect sense that the more distance you get, the kinder you expect the voice to be, right? Yeah. Like you're very, you can be the most critical person to yourself. Uh-huh. You can be the most unforgiving person to your brother and sister or your parents. Yeah. You can be, you know, like to your spouse, right? Like, yeah. but, yeah. but once you start, but, but once you start talking to like the cash register person at the supermarket, you're like, oh, hey, lovely Very day. Good to yeah, see that, you. Yeah, like, that's, that's you right. Know? Uh, or, or, you know, you've, you've got um, somebody, somebody say, you know, they're, they're cussing out their brother or something like that. And, and you, you'd chime in and they say, hey, you can't do that. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's like yeah. you're not close enough to be able to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and we internalize that, man. So, I, you know, I, I just think there is distance creates perspective, right? So, if you can remove yourself from a little bit further out, you get to really see what the, the way that you're treating yourself or you're treating other people. Part of that, uh, part of that pause, part of the reason for that, and uh, the reason I take those um, personal retreats at the, uh, at the holidays is is to listen for that, uh, you know, not, not that little voice that's harsh within you, yeah. but there's a quiet little voice, um, sometimes thought of as the authentic voice or the voice of the genuine, that speaks to us quietly in an understanding rather than words, uh, the, the way it occurs for me. But man, that is that is the um, that is the voice that is really worth listening to. Yeah, yeah, totally that, agree, man. And, that, uh, and- Tons, tons of value in the retreats that, that, that you offer for, for that reason, right? Like yeah. get that quiet, quiet, the noise, get the distance, you know, recognize the perspective that you need, allow that, allow that meek voice that is understated to, to, to be heard. Right. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that, that the voice of the genuine that speaks through us, that's, you know, it's the only real guide we ever have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, maybe the best guide that we ever have, but it's, uh, that is, uh, it's definitely worth listening to. Um, you know, we have a, we have an idea of, of getting, um, uh, having a million person virtual gala this year mm. and, uh, and have a billion volunteer hour, inspiring a billion volunteer hours in the next 10 years. Um, that's, that's a, that's a big, that's a big goal. Um, but you know what? That's that's where you start. You start with start with start with an idea that's uh, beyond um, that's more than a stretch. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, I love it, man. But listen, uh, in in Jim Collins' talk and business talk, it's the the BHAG, the big hairy audacious goal. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta have it, man. What's your what's your uh, BHAG? Oh man, my I it it, it keeps evolving, but mm-hmm. my my BHAG right now is that within five years, I have designed and dominated a category that I'm still having a hard time naming, but it's somewhere Mm. between relationship scaling or frictionless nurture that is going to manifest in the ultimate software for maintaining and growing relationships with people. And when I think about what needs to happen with it, I think about these like three legs of the stool. I think about Mm -hmm. the thought leadership the behavioral sciences and the, you know, the psychology, the marketing of, of how people connect, right? Like I'm, I'm very seeped in all of that. Then there is the processes and methodologies of implementing that. That to me is, that is what the relationship flywheel represents, right? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a process to understand what's valuable to, pe- to the people that you're trying to serve, mm-hmm. create a stage where you are building a relationship with one person while putting them in front of a bunch of people and then taking that one interaction and repurposing it and distributing it tactically in order to create this giant gravitational ball of value that brings people closer to you and they enlist into whatever next step that they want to do. But then the third step is a software piece that will make it really, really scalable where we can be having a conversation right now on Zoom, right? Like it is, it is, it is a software that allows us to communicate after a conversation is done, the AI inside of it pops up and says, you know, Brian mentioned this, this, and this. In the last six months, you've talked to this person, this person, this person that cares about this topic, that topic, and that topic. Do you want to send this video clip? Do you want to send this audio clip? Do you want to send this text transcription about this conversation to them? Yes, no, send. Um, you know, Brian said that he was interested in this. You've talked to this person, this person, this person has talked about it. Do you want to send him this stuff? And in your social media. So it's tied to your CRM and then it's tied mm-hmm. to your social media so that it can also say, oh, you mentioned these and these and this, that's relevant to your audience on this pillar and this pillar. Do you want to publish it via blog, LinkedIn, whatever, right? So like, I think, I think creating, going from scaling out my service business to get it to a 10 to $50 million a year uh, revenue. Actually, you know, well, probably, probably in the like two to $5 million a year revenue mm-hmm. part of my, of my service business, then I can heavily invest in the software to serve my ability to do this, that I can then create a community around this problem that I can then sell the software to because they all agree with the problem and they all want the, the easiest solution, right? So my, my BHAG is to create a $100 million valuation for this software tool in the next five years. And, uh, and you should at connectwithpablo.com to, to get in touch with you and, and, uh, and be part of that. Uh, man, it's been, it's, been a terrific, uh, it's been a terrific ride with you here this afternoon, Pablo. I uh, want to thank the, the, the brave hearts for being with us again this week. We've been talking with Pablo Gonzalez about the relationship flywheel and uh, just about anything else that bounces out of my head here. Um, remember to go to BraveHeartsForKids.org and help in any way you can. This week is National Bravehearts Day on uh, Wednesday. Please plan to join us at 3 o'clock uh, Central Time live and uh, any other time, wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, we will have as our guest, uh, Weta Duncan. She's the founder of Duncan Tree Foundation. It's kind of a doctors without borders for kids with scoliosis, and they serve Jamaica, Trinidad, and the Philippines. Uh, Weta is also early on board with the cooking show. So we're going to be talking about, about cooking and how that brings people together. You'll not want to miss this one. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And we'll see you again next week. Until then, be well, stay well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time. 